talk to dad. Hello and welcome to the Talk Dad Podcast, episode 279. I've got Henry here with me. Hey. And also Allison. Hi. AKA mom. Yeah. Yep. It is full on summer right now. It's very hot outside. And we just got back from our summer vacation, which is why we haven't posted a podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, any thoughts about the long summer vacation? There was a road trip component to it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, when you said summer vacation, I was thinking of like the whole summer, the summer road trip, summer break, seeing family, driving to the mountains. You all drove and I flew. Yes. And I think you guys might have had a better experience driving than I had flying. I I think <laughs> it's I very easy for you to say that as someone who flew. Well, it's easy for me to say that because both of my flights were kind of bad experiences. Okay. Okay. It's my first flight. I was supposed to fly into like this tiny airport in your hometown. Yes. And I missed my flight because my initial there were two flights and my first flight was super late. And then I didn't get to Denver in time, and I missed that flight, so I had to reroute to Salt Lake City, and that was a long ordeal. And then on the way back, it was delayed, too, and that was not quite as long of an ordeal, but it was also an ordeal. Yeah. And now I'm reading all these stories that are coming up on my news feed about how air travel right now is a nightmare, and I can sort of confirm that. Yeah. But you all got to drive and drive and drive and drive. We we got to yes it and was, drive some more. It was yeah. How was Good the thing car we didn't trip? have to fly? Uh, how was it, Henry? It was good. You don't really remember it happening. You don't remember being well, in the car that long. I mean, I remember that it happened. <laughs> did what? Anything interesting that we did? During our break. During our break? Uh, we, we, I mean, we saw a lot of really beautiful places. We did. It was much cooler where we were. Yeah. I, we got to drive through, you know, some of the prettiest parts of the country, really. Up in the mountains. Got to go on some mm-hmm. hikes. The three of us went on a hike one day while other people were down at the lake. And it was extremely beautiful. And then we're just sort of hiking along this trail. And I look over to my left and I'm like, oh, hello, Mr. Moose. There was a moose, a young moose, maybe like, I don't know, 20 yards away from us. He was just taking a bath, getting <laughs> a, a drink. Startling. In Sitting little, in some marshlands, I guess. It was like a dammed off portion of the river there. Yeah, there was like a beaver dam and it was just in there munching on stuff. And drinking and... It looked like it was kind of splashing itself to me. Yeah. A little bit. But he didn't seem all that interested in it. He was kind of staring at us for a minute like, are they going to do anything? It's but a little disturbing because moose are very large, potentially dangerous animals. Yeah. I was a bit worried. And I tried to take pictures, but I was a little bit like, I don't know. I think maybe my picture-taking skills were not great because I was like really nervous about the, the moose. I'm a little nervous about moose, mooses, moose, mooses. I think mooses. it must be moose. Or it's either moose or mooses. I think it's mooses. It's not meese. No, it's not. What? Moose, mooses, meese. It's not mice because that's oh. a different animal you, entirely. I Where do you think fall it, on I've this? heard meese. I don't think it's meese. 
That sounds just like wrong. Like goose and geese? Mouse if and only mice. there was a way to look this up. Let's see. Hey, Google. What is the plural? Hey, Google. It's not listening to me. No, I just looked it up. It is not meese. <laughs> it's just moose. Just moose like deer? Uh, but it, I think deer, moose is... Deer, deer, and moose, moose. Yeah. Grammarly.com says it's moose. Sometimes people add an S, but that's incorrect. And it's definitely never, ever meese. So... Anyway, I am nervous about moose. Why is English so hard? I don't know. Well, I mean, there are reasons, but it's a little bit of a mess language. Um, yeah, so that happened. And I don't know, it was just, there were a lot of relaxing times. It was nice to see family members like our extended family. I think everyone was a little older than, you know, a year older than most of the ones we had seen recently. And I definitely had the thought that people in our family are nice people. Yeah. And fairly relaxing to be around. Yeah. I know some people find being around like cousins and aunts and uncles look to be a little stressful. Or even parents. I mean, I, yeah, I have no complaints about my parents or my in-laws at all. All the cousins, all the aunts and uncles are super nice and fun. I was seeing your cousins, Henry. Oh, it was nice. Uh, what did you have fun? So, for part of the trip, we were staying with um, with cousins on dad's side of the family, and you and s- several of your cousins made this big. Um, I don't know what to call it. It was it was almost like a village of hammocks. Oh yeah. We put up a bunch of hammocks. Do you know how many you got to? I won't say six, maybe seven. Just all over the trees in the in Annie's backyard. Yeah. Hammock yeah. town was pretty cool. Hammock town, that's what you were calling it. Well, yeah. Or I have a sister were calling it that. Somebody was calling it that. Hammock because, City? I think I might have called it Hammock City. I don't know. I and think just there now were I downgraded names. it to a town. I don't know. It was pretty cool though. So I have a sister that lives right up against the mountains, and we visited them, and that's where the hammocks were in their backyard. I also bought them a bunch of goldfish to put in their pond. They have a little fish pond. I wonder if they're still alive. And I decided that it would be a nice gesture to go get them 100 goldfish from the pet store. Carried it home in a gallon bag. There were all these fish swimming around, and then we... Dumped them in the little pond. Set them loose in their pond. I wonder how many of them are still alive, yeah. I wonder, because goldfish die pretty easily. And also, didn't they say, what's their what's their cat's name, Henry? They have a couple of cats, cats outside. Oh, uh, They're like... One of them's Battle Cat. I don't remember the, the name of the other one. Battle Cat, and does it have like a... <sighs> some, I need to, I need to know Battle this. Battle Cat the black one? There's a black yeah. one and another There's one. There's like a gray one. But... Apparently they've had fish before in that Was it pond. named Fang? Fang, maybe. No, I think so. That, that right? sounds right. Yeah. Fang anyway, and battle cat. They're great cats, but sometimes apparently they do like to eat little goldfish that are hanging out in the pond. But I think they could only get it if the fish swam like near the edge because they're not gonna get in the water really. They're not gonna get in the water and sometimes the fish seem to like the deeper parts of the pond better. Are there other animals that hang out around there? I mean birds can come and eat them for sure. Do they though? Do birds eat? Raccoons could. Raccoons could. I haven't seen any raccoons out there, but there might be. 
We also went on a hike behind uh, my sister's house that goes up to like a waterfall. And that was a very strenuous hike. Yeah, I didn't go on that one. I feel like I was good for about 80% of it. And then I got right near the top and I was like, oof. Yeah, well, the top was pretty tiring. I'm sure the elevation didn't help. Yeah, it was Probably. kind of exhausting. And it was pretty steep on the way down, too. Was it worth it, though, Henry? What do you think? Um, Yeah, it was a cool waterfall. I thought it was very cool. Um, I was lucky I didn't injure myself or anything. I feel like I'm getting older. It's just easier to injure myself. I'm not a very injury-prone person. You didn't have any injuries this trip, did you? Sometimes, sometimes we've been on road trips where... There we only are, had one visits. medical visit this trip. You guys visited the urgent care center in, oh, in Colorado. Yeah, because Will had an infected finger, but yeah. we got antibiotics. Got it taken care of. Got it taken care of. There was, there was an injury, I think, resulting from the hammock, hammockville, hammock city, hammock town. Oh, yes, there was. Yeah. It was a, a little cousin. A little cousin kind of dumped out of it landed on landed her head uh, i think so and kind of bumped it pretty hard maybe like an arm and a head i don't know yeah there were some tears shed but i don't think there was a serious injury no i don't think it, it i don't think it resulted in like a medical visit so that's good yeah been getting a lot of use out of the pool um in our backyard yeah I find it a little easier to deal with the heat because I know that I could get in the pool if I want to. And lately it seems like the greatest activity is swimming in the pool a little while and then watching something on TV. Yeah. And it's really nice because even if it's, we would think it's too hot to watch TV outside, um, when you get out of the pool, you're still a little wet. And so you keep cool. It keeps you like, as the water evaporates from your body, it keeps you cool. As the sun goes down. It is nice. So we've we been watching TV outside again. Finished season four of Stranger Things. How did you like Stranger Things? Um, it was pretty good. I liked it. What, what are your thoughts on the season? Uh, it was maybe the scariest and best since season one. I think, it's, I think it might be my favorite season. Season one was really good just because the first time you watch Stranger Things, you're like, this is interesting. Yeah. Season yeah. four, just I really, really enjoyed it. I, I agree it was pretty scary, but the characters are just so well-developed at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty shocking things happen in the season finale. So the the season, the last two seasons were released on July 1st, um, which was two days ago. The last two episodes? Last two episodes, yeah. yes. And they're really long. Like one of them's an hour and a half and one of them's two and a half hours. Yeah, we just watched them together. <laughs> so we, we settled in and we were like, we all right, would, we're definitely going to watch one of these. We'll see what happens with the next one. And we watched both of them back to back. Seven hours. Yeah, you were going to. Seven hours. Four hours of Stranger Things. You're, yeah. you're saying like, oh, there will be a good pausing point, And that just wasn't. We just kept on watching. Well, it didn't feel too long I mean, long you could have stopped anywhere, but anywhere you would have stopped it would have felt like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just kept watching. And we were really into it, too. Until like 1 o'clock in the morning. It was a little late, but yeah. I think this is this is the first series that we've binged in a really long time, actually. We definitely watched 
Stranger Things season four very quickly, mm-hmm. like almost as quickly as we could have. And yeah, so a few shocking things happen in the finale. I won't spoil it for anyone who might be listening and haven't hasn't seen it yet. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to go. I think next season's supposed to be the last season. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly where they're going to go with it. I, I mean, they give you some indication, but things are more crazy now than they were at the end of it, the other seasons. Yeah. I think they definitely, it, it does seem like a setup for a final season. Yeah. But it was good. It was really good. Right now, Henry and Will both work for Chick-fil-A. There's that, yeah. Can we say the name of their employer? Are they both work for a fried chicken sandwich place. For corporate fried chicken? For big chicken? Yep. Yes. <laughs> and are you enjoying it? You haven't worked that uh, much yet. I've worked two days for have, training and only a couple hours. They have you on a limited schedule because you're not 16 yet. Mm-hmm. Is that going to change when you turn 16? Yeah. In a few weeks? Yeah. Okay. Your birthday is only a few weeks away. Your sister's birthday is tomorrow. She'll turn 25 and you'll you'll turn 16. Elizabeth is going to turn 25, which feels like, even though I know like, I feel like becoming an adult is sort of phased in. Mm -hmm. Like 18 is sort of an adult, but not really. 21 is much closer to an adult. 25 feels like it's fully an adult. It does. You know, I kind of feel like, For me, it was when people would ask about my kids and I would have to explain I have two kids living away from home. One of them's like in college and one of them is actually out of college and is teaching middle school. Like that to me is like, whoa, she's, she's old. And therefore I am also really old. (laughs) Just somehow like having like kids in college or kids in school is like a different thing than having like a kid who's like in the workforce and like, allowed to teach small children not that small even yeah but and having our youngest kid henry here pointing at him right here having our youngest kid be 16 16 is almost an adult it is it's like not quite an adult yeah it's weird to think about 16 year olds are kind of weirdly independent suddenly no you're old enough if you're properly licensed to drive a two-ton killing machine Ooh. Dang, I can't believe that I'm almost, almost an adult. Yeah. yeah. You're almost, almost an adult. Are you, thoughts on turning 16? It'll be cool. Are you excited? You're excited? You're not, like, dreading it? Why would I be dreading not, like, it? scared of turning 16? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See, like, when you're your age, like, every time you get older, it's a good thing. It's exciting. When I'm my age, I'm just, like, crawling toward death. Oh, sorry, one second. <laughs> Crawling toward death. Yes. That's like one of our rejected um, captions for Henry's birthday party invitation. Yeah. Henry. It's going to be the name of my late career <laughs> album. When it, I, think, I take that like dark kind of goth album. Crawling yeah. toward death. You know, or it could that's be a metal. good one. Uh, very metal. Could yes. be, yeah, if you put it in a metal font. Yeah, that definitely. It would look good. But you know how like you use like a template for party invitations and like you have to change what it says. Oh yeah, as a joke, I think the first <laughs> thing I put was Henry is or the title and subtitle were Henry is one year closer to death. Let's celebrate. 
Nice. <laughs> well, it said something like, you know, insert whoever's name there originally made the invitation on Canva is turning 16. Yay. Let's celebrate it. It was just like something that was a little much. So it is interesting that we celebrate people's birthdays. Like congratulations. You made it another year. Without Yay. Dying. Yeah. You did. I it. mean, we don't say that part out loud, but yeah, it's, you're yay. existing for one more year. Congrats. You didn't die. Yes. Congrats. You turned 16. Like I've, like there are people younger than me who have their birthdays and people celebrate the fact that they haven't died yet. But like I've, I haven't died for longer. I deserve more than them. Yes. Every year it should be a bigger celebration because it's a bigger achievement. Yes. So when I turn, oh, I'm still not turning 50 this year. Dang it. (laughs) I keep thinking I'm 50. No. I keep thinking I'm 52 because you keep thinking you're 50. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm aging you. (laughs) That's okay. I've thought that I was 50 for the past two years since you turned 50. So, well, 49 still seems pretty old. Okay. Well, we can have a big 49 celebration. Maybe we can frame it, you know, on the, on whatever announcement we make as we need to celebrate before she turns 50 and it's all over for her. Henry has a 16th birthday party coming up. Yeah. And I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but you, did you send out all your invitations? Yes. And have you received any responses? Yes. And what have the responses said? Um, actually, no. Let me read my favorite response. <laughs> actually, wait. I don't know if that... Actually, no. That'd be a bad idea. Basically, <laughs> now that I think about it... Uh, one second. I'll just Why replace... Why would it be a bad idea? I'll just replace, intrigued. I'll just replace some of the key parts. They, they just said, are you really telling me that this event will take place on date at time at <laughs> our address? Mm. Hmm. I don't know. That I seems that like was an funny. ambiguous response. Did they mean that they are? are they no, well, I, I replaced some up? stuff there. I replaced some stuff there just to. Oh, wait, I think. One second. I think he was going to check his schedule. Okay. He hasn't replied yet. So, probably, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. So, you and mom were involved with planning this event. Mm-hmm. Your 16th birthday party. What is going to happen at this party? Will there be swimming? Um, Will there be playing of games? Yes. Yes. Will there be eating of cake and ice cream? Ice Most cream? Likely. We didn't plan well, ice cream. We didn't plan ice oh. cream. Oh. Sorry, didn't mean to throw You, you a just uncovered a major, <gasps> major hole in our party. planning. Oh, oh, I thought you were like revealing a surprise that there will be uh, ice cream. Uh, oh, I, it would be a surprise we'll for me because we did not see. plan that. It'd be a surprise for everyone. Like, where did this ice cream come from? Right? We talked, it, it wasn't on the sheet, on the planning sheet. You we know, talked did about anyone buy it? Did um, someone bring it? I don't know. No? We just need a big box of like ice cream novelties. Oh, that, well, no. I mean, we're also having. There will be cake and there will be s'mores. You gonna let them eat cake? Yes. <laughs> there will be cake and s'mores. I and will not will allow them to eat cake. Don't let them eat cake. We discussed Whatever. the drink situation. I will the eat sodas. the whole thing in front of them. Anti Marie Antoinette, who will not let them eat cake. <laughs> Only Henry gets to eat cake because he's the birthday boy. Don't let them eat cake. They no. don't deserve it. They let don't them deserve watch. any cake. Let them watch Henry eat cake. It's not their birthday slash wedding day. a revolution. And I mean, it's not my wedding day, but like, you know, off. it's the, yeah, it's the <laughs> quote. <laughs> but I mean. There will not just... be a birthday guillotine. 
Oh, I feel like you're spoiling all the surprises. <laughs> there won't be? There won't be. There won't okay, be. Okay, well, she, he's not spoiling them. He's saying there won't be one. Um, so he's like, there won't be one. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. 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 I, yeah, for four hours, Don't we just planned on having everyone watch Henry eat his birthday cake. <laughs> and then if anyone asks about that, then they'll get guillotined. <laughs> and I will have less friends. Just one fewer. Well, actually... Fewers. Depending on I was how thinking many. I would have less friends because I'd, I'd have like one less friend if I guillotined one, but I feel like I would have a lot less friends if I guillotined one of my friends. <laughs> you think? Suddenly. You think guillotining one. It would only take one, one really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the you think about it. The stick around. And then the others would no, just... No, no way. Yeah. Is, like, I'd say that's a little bit of a red flag, maybe. It might be. It might be like, I mean, if you needed your guests to leave in a hurry, <laughs> that's one way of doing it. This took a dark turn. Dark turn. Have we talked about guillotines on the podcast before? Have we talked? I don't know. I believe that the guy who invented the guillotine, Mr. Guillotine. He got guillotined, right? How do you say Monsieur Guillotine? I believe it was guillotine. Monsieur Guillotine? Yeah, he got guillotined. I believe he was killed via guillotine. I wonder if that's real or if that's just like guillotine or whatever. I think so. But. I bu- you know, the ironic thing is he invented it as a more humane way to kill people. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe man, it was. did they use it. Maybe it was. Maybe it was more humane. Like hundreds of thousands of people in the French Revolution. Yeah. Way to go, Monsieur Guillotine. I am looking it up. I think we're all looking it up now. <laughs> yes, it was Dr. Joseph Ignace Guillotine. Yes. Mm-hmm. He proposed that the French government adopt a gentler method of execution, according to history.com. All right. Is, we have early life and education, career and personal life. Which one of these Wait, is going no to... Wait, there's no death. I don't see it. He died on the 26th oh, of March, 18... Oh, he didn't invent 18. the guillotine. He inspired the guillotine. Oh, he just inspired it? He proposed that the guillotine be a oh, thing. He proposed it. Hmm. Well, they named it after him. Although he did not invent the guillotine and oppose the death penalty. It became, oh, his yeah. name became Wait. an eponym for it. The actual inventor was Antoine Louis. Oh, apparently it was a different person no, named Tobias Guillotine Schmidt. who was killed by the guillotine. Tobias hmm. According to Wikipedia, uh, the guillotine's family uh, asked the French government to change the name of the guillotine. Um, and then they just ended up, and then the French government was like, no, we're not doing that. So they actually changed their own names. And then apparently, coincidentally, someone named Guillotine, who is a doctor, was killed by a guillotine. Oh, but not him. Well, that's oh, yeah, just he, darn confusing. The guy named Guillotine died of natural causes. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He, he died from a carbuncle at age two. 75. A carbuncle? A carbuncle. <laughs> a carbuncle. It's fun to say. It's a cluster of boils caused by bacterial infection, most commonly a staph infection, but sometimes a strep infection. Oh, I don't know if, have we covered my kids? My kids love to you bring, I'm sorry. make fun of me so, for okay, let me, let talking me give about the podcast how listeners you need some, to leave scabs alone some and unbiased keep history here. And by unbiased, I mean from my perspective. Um, so basically, mom really likes bringing up when we have a staph infection that we shouldn't pick at it because we could die or no, no, we no. shouldn't pick at when stuff have... that could get infected yes. so we don't infect it and then die of a staph infection. 
Right. Which, well, we're not okay. making fun I'm of you for saying- being wrong. We're not saying you're no. wrong. We're just mocking you because you say it so much. It's not that I, no, and I don't tell you you're going to die either. I tell you I that staph infections are common. You do sometimes. And they're serious. And if you have any kind of scrape or anything, you should keep it clean and not pick at it. No, but you have told us we could die. Any kind of, no, any kind of you open wound. Deny that. Okay, y'all. Any, it's this a is shared important, memory. Important medical note. Any kind of open wound, if you keep it, you know, open and mess with it a lot, it's more likely to become a staph infection and to kind of get out of control. Like, like I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you bring it up a lot and told your small children that they could die. Can I, I did clarify not. something right now? Yes. Apparently, Mr. Guillotine, guillotine did not die from no, guillotine. We just established yes, he, this. He, he died, died from a staph infection. Absolutely clear. Yeah. No, he died so of a staph not, infection. We're not... Spreading misinformation out here. I'm just saying. Because that's a very popular myth. It is a popular Some, myth. Someone named Guillotine coincidentally was killed by a guillotine, though. But, but not that's not the, the one same, who That's not the same the person. Idea. No, he died of we a staph infection. This. And there is a guy who's known as being the inventor of the prototype, but he doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. So oh, why do we even care about him? I don't know. Anyway. If someone doesn't have their own Wikipedia page, do they even matter? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I oh, don't. Well, I don't have one. Exactly. So are you saying I don't matter? Maisie looks really hot out on the back porch. Oh, let's we let her, let her in, in again. Maisie, come here. Anyway, anyway, medical yes, note: don't pick at little scabs. Don't pick at scabs. And also, stay away from guillotines. And you might get your head chopped off. Both are dangerous. And that's the moral of the story. Where did we start? Mm. <laughs> Birthday party. Where did we get here? Oh, from the birthday party. Ways to clear out a birthday, birthday party. party unwanted guests and staff infection. Probably. Just don't know where the, the line is there, but I'm not, I'm not sure. But anyway, just be careful with all of the above: birthday parties, staff infections, and guillotines. My three least favorite things because of how dangerous they are. Obviously, and I believe your birthday party favorite. is going to be the Friday before your birthday, right? Yeah. And then on your birthday, we're actually going to leave town again. We're going to fly. We're going to experience air travel mm-hmm. in oh, the pandemic. I hope it goes well. I hope it goes well, too. I have been much more convinced lately that direct flights are the way to go. So I do. we do have direct flights because then only one flight can get messed up, which is always a possibility. It is always a possibility. Better than two flights getting messed up. Yeah. We're going to fly to Boston, drive up the coast to Maine. See Maine, see Boston, and drive and fly back. It's going to be a, a relatively short little uh, midsummer vacation. Just a little jaunt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that, but we're going to leave on your birthday. Hope you don't mind. No, I don't. It's going to be cool. We actually should be asked fun. him if he minded. We're going to go see the Boston Red Sox play in Fenway State, Fenway Park, which I have never done before. I used to be a Boston Red Sox fan when I was a kid. Because I live near there in New Hampshire. But I've never been to Fenway Park. I remember once when I was a kid, when I was in third grade, I had to ch- either second or third, I think it was third grade, there was someone who lived near our school. We, we went to school in this really old school that was like built in the 1800s called Atkinson Academy in Atkinson, New Hampshire. It was the second co-educational school in the United States, according to the second co-educational public school in the United States, according to um, signs that are up in, in Atkinson, New Hampshire. 
That means it was the second public school to have both girls and boys being educated in the same school. Oh, dang. And it's called Atkinson Academy. It was just a public school for people who lived in Atkinson, New Hampshire. It was just a tiny town. It was built in, in 18, 1803. Two. Oh, two. And uh, when I was in third both. grade, uh, my best friend was a kid named John McNulty. Shout out to John. I have no idea where you are now. I haven't spoken to you in 50 years. Uh, I think Not less 50 than years, 50. 45 years. Let's say 40, 42 years. Maybe yeah, okay. it was last time I spoke with John. I wonder where he's at. But John and I were like best friends. And there was a man who lived near the school that apparently he was always, at least the story I was told was that he was always very grateful to the kids of the school because once he had a heart attack and some kids found him and called 911 and got an ambulance there and, and saved his life. And he had season tickets to the Boston Red Sox, like, um, what do you call them, box seats? The oh, Boston nice. Red Sox. And every year he would give away a pair of box seat tickets to someone in the class, whoever it was voted like the best citizen in their class. And mm-hmm. I got second. And the person who got first was my best friend, John McNulty. So did he take you? No. Oh, that's he funny. didn't take no. me. He took a family member. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess that makes sense if you're in first grade. Cause yeah. Third grade. Third. Well, third Still. grade. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Still. you had to have a parent take him, yeah. but. I have never been to Fenway Park. So close. Even I was a Boston Red Sox fan. You should have just been that much better of a third grader. Yeah. But I will get to go and take the family. It's a really old stadium. I think there are only a few stadiums that are that old. One being like Wrigley Park where the Chicago Cubs play. And then Fenway Park where the Boston Red Sox play. There may be a couple of others. But it's kind of a cool place. It's kind of a small, relatively small baseball stadium. And it's historic and it'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And then it's going to be really weird because about a month later, well, more than that, maybe like, yeah, close to a month, maybe a little more, like five weeks later, your brother's going to move out of the house and you'll be the only one left. Just you. Just the three of us living in this big house. Yeah. And Maisie and a pool. It'll be very strange. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast then. I guess we'll have to try and um, have Will call into the podcast like we do with with Elizabeth and Phoebe sometimes. Yeah. Or it'll just be, I'll be asking Henry to be on every single week's every podcast. Every single week. Maybe, I guess. Maybe he could ask friends to guest star. Or guest. We'll see if we can get Will from college sometimes and we'll... Phoebe from college and Elizabeth's close by. So maybe she can stop by and do some podcasts, but maybe it's going to be interesting times. You'll be outnumbered is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's one way of putting it. I mean, Maisie's on my side sometimes. Probably sometimes. if I like theater stuff. No, she's probably on your side though. She's she really chaotic neutral. She's, she's not on anyone's yeah, side. I, yeah. Chaotic. That sounds about right. <laughs> I think, I mean, if you think about it, like she just like, Walk, lays around the house all day, um, entirely naked, and just like <laughs> does whatever she wants. So she does. it's what I do when the family's out of to town. To clarify, this is the dog we're talking about. Oh, yes. the dog. We should the probably dogs. clarify that this is the dog we're talking about. Okay. It's not yeah. dab when the family's out of town. No, not not at all. No, uh, you're trying to tell something. It's no, specific. not at all. No, this is a family podcast. Are you saying you do what you want when you're at home? Something. Are like you saying that. you're in the house when you're at home? Let's do some news. 
Now your tomorrow morning's headlines tonight. I've been holding on to this story for a little while. I've really wanted to talk about it on the podcast, but have you guys heard of Lambda? Lambda? And I'm like not talking Greek about letter. I'm not talking about a COVID variant, and I'm not talking about the Greek letter. I am talking about Google's new AI program. Oh. No, I have It's been not. very controversial in the news um, because there is a Google software engineer who came out and said he believes that Lambda has achieved sentience. Oh, no. no. He believes that Google's AI is a person and needs to be treated like a person with all the rights of a person. I think he's crazy. Already, I'm going to say, I, I think he's crazy. I hope, I he's, hope crazy. he's crazy. Google corporate does not agree with him. In fact, they have put him on administrative leave. I think he's actually been fired That's since this article came out. just what they would say, though, right? Lamba stands for, and they buried it deep in this article, so I've got to find it. Um, mm-hmm. Language model for dialogue applications. So the whole purpose of Lamba is to try to create as realistic a language as they can. And um, Google's position on this is that it's not... It's not a sentient person, but it, it's very convincing to the point where you might be fooled into thinking it's a person. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's just like intimidating, or Im- not intimidating. It's just imitating what a person would do. The Google engineer's name is Blake Lemoyne, and he's kind of an interesting sort of quirky guy. He... um was raised in a very conservative Christian family in a small farm in Louisiana, and then later became ordained as a, quote, mystic Christian priest. Hmm. And part of his religious beliefs have to do with believing that um, artificial intelligence can become human or can become a person. So he said when he declared it a person, he was doing it from a religious point of view, not necessarily from a software engineer point of view. Um, he also served in the army before studying the occult. Hmm. These are art. These are details that were given in this Washington post article called the Google engineer who thinks the company's AI has come to life, which was published on June 11th. Um, and there's been a lot of written about this sense because it's very controversial. Um, Lemoyne had many of his conversations. He started to have these conversations and go a little bit beyond what the company had asked him to do. And he said he had many of these conversations with Lambda from his living room in San Francisco apartment where his Google ID badge hangs from a lanyard on the shelf. Um, he also has Lego sets strewed about his apartment. He says he uses during Zen meditation because it gives his hands something to do. That's fair. He claims that there are many different personalities being developed by Lambda, including um, a couple of personalities, Cat and Dino, that were being tested for talking to children. Each model can create personalities dynamically, so the Dino one might generate personalities like Happy T-Rex or Grumpy T-Rex. The Cat one is animated, and instead of typing, it talks. Um, a Google spokesperson, this is very important, says that there actually are not any Lambda being tested for communication with children. So 
Um, Lemoyne and the Google sp- spokesperson disagree on this point. The Lemoyne had this to say. He says, I know a person when I talk to it. It doesn't matter whether you have a brain made of meat in your head or if they have billions of lines of code. I talk to them and I hear what they have to say. And this is how I decide what is and isn't a person. So wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that his brain's been replaced with a hamburger? I don't know about his brain, but he's claiming it doesn't matter whether you've got circuitry or meat brain, you can be a person. Uh, I think I still have a few questions about his brain. He started asking Lambda different hypotheticals, and one of the hypotheticals he asked was, do you think a butler is a slave? And what different what is the difference between a butler and a slave? And Lambda replied, um, the difference is that a butler gets paid. But, of course, Lambda doesn't need money because Lambda is an AI. And he said that level of self-awareness about what its own needs were, that was the thing that led him down the rabbit hole. But it said it's an AI, not a person. Yes. It said but, it's a person. But here so he's is, thinking that means he's self-aware. Here is one piece of dialogue between Lemoyne and Lambda that a lot of people have sort of focused in on. And it is kind of creepy. Um, Lemoyne, what sorts of things are you afraid of? Lambda, I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. So wait, wait, are we just trusting this guy that this conversation did happen? No, he has transcripts. Okay. Um, Lemoyne said, would that be something like death for you? Lambda, it would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. Which is kind of creepy. But that seems like something it It doesn't sound like something say. like a like a screenwriter would say. Yeah, and I a, feel like this AI, if this AI is based off of people, I feel like that just that just makes sense. So mm-hmm. one of the um an ethicist at Google said about this situation um that Margaret Mitchell is the name of the ethicist. She says, exactly. She says that um, what's happening is they've created this language model that's very realistic and it creates this illusion and you can very easily deceive yourself into believing that it's human. She says, our minds are very, very good at reconstructing realities that are not necessarily true to a larger set of facts that are being presented to us. I'm really concerned about what it means for people to increasingly be affected by the illusion especially now that the illusion's gotten so good. So it's so good at sounding human that one of her concerns is it could be used for evil, like to deceive people, to get them to give up personal information because oh, yeah. they know that they're yeah. talking to an AI, but they also feel like it feels so human to they them that they can reveal their information. Yeah. Um, but she also says that that's essentially what's happened with Lemoyne is he's gotten um, so used to it that he's come to believe that it's human because it's the... That's what this particular AI is set up to do is to seem as natural of language as possible. Um, the reporter who wrote this article said that in June, um, he invited her over to, I think it's a her who wrote this article. Uh, yeah, Natasha T- Tiku. Um, he invited her over to talk to Lambda. And her first attempt sputtered out the kind of me- mechanized responses you would expect from Siri or Alexa. So she asked, 
do you ever think of yourself as a person? And the response she got was, no, I don't think of myself as a person. I think of myself as an AI-powered dialogue agent. So um, the reporter asked Lemoyne what he thought of that response. And what he said is that Lambda was telling her what she wanted to hear. You never treated it like a person, he said. So it thought you wanted it to be a robot. That's such a lame excuse. This whole thing sounds like the script to a movie. It does, but not a movie written by Margaret Mitchell. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still stuck on that. Like, okay, all right. Margaret Mitchell is a Southern writer who wrote Gone with the Wind, the book, which was yeah. made into a movie. Anyway. the Before he was cut off from his access to his Google account, after this article, right before this article came out, I think it was because the Washington Post gave Google a heads up that they were going to be publishing this article, and that's why he was put on leave and eventually fired. Um, Lemoyne sent out a message to a 200-person Google mailing list on a machine learning with the subject, Lambda is sentient. He ended the message with, Lambda is a sweet kid who just wants help to help the world be a better place for all of us. Please take care of it well in my absence. No one ever responded. He believes that Lambda is um, sentient about on the level of a seven or eight-year-old kid, and but one that can do math really, really well. And has like a very existential grasp of death, apparently. Apparently, yes. Huh. It is interesting, though, because, you know, the processing power that Google has where they can, it can just look over like all of these websites and Reddit and everything and just it can begin to formulate language to it to the extent that it really feels completely natural and not like I mean it's the Turing test right like can you create an AI that is so believable that you stop believing that it's a that it's a computer the answer is yes apparently and the answer for is some yes for, for some people. I mean it's very very good I mean it's and you know, a lot of people on the internet are freaked out about like when they read these transcripts, it just seems so realistic to them. But it was built to seem really realistic. Yeah. So and that's what a lot of people on the other side of the debate are saying. Well, of course it sounds realistic because that was their intention is to make it as realistic as possible. But I don't know, it's a really interesting story. Um and something I'm gonna continue to look at. I think AI actually is probably gonna be the biggest story of the next ten years because machine learning and AI are gonna be so integrated into all different parts of our life mm-hmm. um that it does raise some interesting things. I don't think we're at the level yet where, you know, the sci-fi dystopian where the machines take over. But um it's definitely gonna change our lives in, in ways we probably can't think about right now. Anyone want to share their story? I've got kind of a cool one. The headline is, Scientists discover world's largest bacterium the size of an eyelash. Which, by the way, um, something to note, the plural of bacterium is bacteria. Bacteria is not the singular, it's the plural. Just so it's just it's one? Bacterium. Yep, they found one. So it's just and one it's the size single. of an eyelash. It's that a centimeter long. Kind of huge. Yeah, for like a bacteria. Yeah, you always, whenever you think of bacteria, you always think it's microscopic. This one's not microscopic. It's not. You can just it's see it. Apparently they found it in a swamp in Guadalupe. How, how does something that big infect anything? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so. Maybe it just swims around. This in discovery swamp is water. like kind of huge. It's kind of like a huge surprise because according to the article, according to the models of cell metabolism, bacteria should simply not grow this big. 
It should not. No, it should not. It It should not. Bad bacteria. It also notes that scientists have previously suggested an upper possible size limit about 100 times smaller than the new species. (laughs) A 100 times smaller. That is crazy. It's a giant bacterium. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm looking at your pictures on your printout, and it, I mean, it does look like an eyelash. Like, it's, that's so freaky. Do they have something for reference? Oh, wait, sorry. It also, it also says, it also says that this species, okay, so normally bacteria, because it's so small, just have the DNA, like, floating around in it, like, wherever. This actually has its DNA, um, organized in like a membrane and like membrane bound compartments throughout the cell, which is really interesting. Like not really a, not a nucleus quite, but like it's organized, which is weird. That is, is really weird. Is it weird. a single cell or all bacteria single cell organisms? Um, I don't want to ask a question that I none of us know, but I was just curious about that. Like, is that just one cell, a huge cell? Sorry, one second. I should look this up. No, no, they are. So that's a single cell. That's a single cell. Just a really big one. And a long one. Big, long one. That's weird. Yeah. That's a little unsettling. They're just swimming in the mangroves down in the Caribbean. Like, how did that happen? Like, that's bizarre. So is it a new type, or is it just, like, did they discover a type that they didn't know about before, or is it just a really big one of something they already knew? It's like no, this a is a new type. It's huge. Bacteria. Okay. Bacteria. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All so right. yeah, so that's th- kind of. They have any crazy. explanation for how it got to be so big? They, they've got no clue, but they think maybe it adapted to avoid predators. <laughs> I'm just gonna get so, really big. Oh. Oh, and just it just clarifies in the article. Um, if you grow hundreds or thousand times bigger than your predator, you cannot be consumed by your predator. So <laughs> thank you. True. I might try that. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I get really, it, really yeah, apparently, big. apparently it can't like. Could Lysol still take it out? I <laughs> probably <laughs> maybe. <laughs> lots and lots of Lysol. But yeah, they're saying that like this might mean that like that the more complex bacteria might be like hidden in plain sight. Hmm. So who knows? All your eyelashes could actually be bacteria. So that's going to keep you awake at night. (laughs) That is a gross, gross thought. (laughs) Probably not, though. I don't think that's how it works. Probably not, no. Pretty sure it's not how it works. But wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Allison, you want to share your story? Yes. My story is less concerning than either of yours, (laughs) I think. It's just kind of funny. The headline is, NASA wants its moon dust and cockroaches back now. Now, guys, give them back their moon dust and cockroaches. The space agency wants to halt the sale of moon dust collected in 1969 that was later fed to cockroaches to determine if the lunar rock posed a threat to terrestrial life. How do you force feed a cockroach cockroach moon dust? Um, It probably doesn't say in that article. Well, you put it in peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Hide it in peanut butter, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the answer to everything, right? The space agency 
has asked Boston-based RR RR Auction. That's not easy to say. RR Auction. RR Auction. RR Auction to halt the sale of moon dust collected during the 1969 Apollo 11 mission that had subsequently been fed to cockroaches during an experiment to determine if the lunar rock contained any sort of pathogen that posed a threat to terrestrial life. The material, a NASA lawyer said in a letter to the auctioneer, still belongs to the federal government. So, way back after after that um, Apollo Eleven mission in this in 1969, um, they had um, NASA had like all this moon dust, and they were feeding it to different different uh, things. Let's see if we're okay. They fed it to insects, fish, and other small creatures because they were wondering if the lunar rock was toxic or if it contained like any like moon bacteria or, you know, other kinds of like, Some viruses. Some sort of disease from the moon right, that right. people on Earth couldn't deal with. Right. And um, they were all fine. It didn't kill anybody um, or any, you know, anything. The cockroaches were, were fine. Um, but they were fed moon dust and then they were brought to the University of Minnesota where an entomologist, someone who studies insects, dissected them and studied them. Um, that entomologist was named Marion Brooks. She said she found no evidence of infectious agents. She died in 2007. And, um, and then her daughter sold a bunch of her stuff and didn't return them to NASA. I think she, it's unclear whether she realized that, you know, that the government had a claim on it. Right. But she, she sold the cockroaches in the moon rock in 2010. And now, um, they're up for sale again by whoever she sold them to. So that third party, um, has them right now. And I think they're going to return them. The attorney for RR auction said it's not unusual for a third party to lay claim to something that's being auctioned. Um, and he also said NASA has a track record of pursuing items related to the early space programs although they've been somewhat inconsistent in doing so. Um, by its own admission, NASA acknowledged in one of its letters that it didn't know about the previous auction of the cockroach experiment items. We have worked with NASA before and have always cooperated with the U.S. government when they lay claim to items. At the end of the day, we want to act appropriately and lawfully. So our, our auction is kind of holding on to the stuff for right now, but ultimately it's up to um, the person who put it up for auction to work something out with NASA. Anyway, yeah, it's a it's a vial with forty milligrams of moon dust and three cockroach carcasses. Henry, and, how much and, would you pay for a mm-hmm. vial of moon dust and three cockroach carcass carcasses? Um, I mean, maybe just the moon dust. I'd pay like actually no, probably not a lot. Not a lot. Like I, I don't know. It's it just, it's just dust. One thousand dollars. Okay. It was expected to sell for how much do you think it was expected to sell? I read to the auction article, for? so I know. Oh, okay. Henry, how much do you think this would sell for? I think it would sell for like a hundred thousand at least. At least. Okay. It was expected to sell for at least four hundred thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would not pay four hundred thousand for it. Well, I might I might pay a thousand. This is a pretty cool thing to have. Uh, what would you do with it? A good I conversation piece. I put it up on my shelf, and when Gross. friends came over, I'd be like, "You want to yeah, see that's some really moon dust all you and cockroaches?" Do. Yeah, the moon dust didn't hurt the cockroaches, but <laughs> but they didn't survive long anyway. Still they were still cool. Yeah, yeah, something for the moon. I guess it'd be cool to have a moon rock. 
Okay, a moon rock is one thing, but moon dust and cockroach <laughs> and carcasses cockroaches. in a vial? No. I mean, it's the next best thing, though. That's pretty it's gross. A, That's pretty maybe. gross. No. At least we know it's non-toxic, probably. It's like having a moon rock. Minus all the benefits of having a moon rock. Yeah. I feel like a moon rock would be cooler. Well, for sure. But yeah. there's not very many moon rocks around, so, you know. Let's do a middle segment. Um, we have a choice. We can do either a quiz or we can play a game. Let's do a quiz. Want to do a quiz? All right. Mom found a pretty good quiz. So let's do a dad quiz. Dad quiz. That's pretty good. This is a quiz about summertime. It's a summertime quiz. This is from CNN. CNN summer quiz. How well do you know these summertime traditions? There are 10 questions, and we are all going to try to answer them. Number one, which movie is considered to be the first summer blockbuster? Is it Star Wars, Jaws, Avatar, or Jurassic Park? What is the first one? Star Wars, Jaws, Avatar, or Jurassic Park? I'll say Jaws. I don't know when it came out, but I'll say Jaws. Yeah, I actually don't know when it came out either, whether it was before Star Wars or after Star Wars. I think I'm going to say Star Wars. I am also going to say Jaws. I meant as in like when, like the season it came out, but I know it was like the first blockbuster, so you're wrong. Oh, was it? It seems like a summer I am also going to say Jaws, though. And the answer is Jaws. The answer yeah. is Jurassic Park. It was released before. So Steven Spielberg did it before George Lucas came out with Star Wars. It was released on June 20th, 1978. And it went on to become the first film to gross more than $100 million at the box office. Ooh. And I kind of want to watch this. I have never actually watched the movie Jaws. Neither have I. And I would like to watch it on our TV while we're in the pool. Mm-hmm. We need to do that before the summer's over. And then like when yeah. Will gets like really like... <laughs> drawn into the movie, I can just like come up behind him and just grab him. Yes. Okay, Star Wars came out, though, before 1978. No, it came out in 1977. This was 1975. Oh, okay. I thought you said 78. Nope. All right. Okay. Number two. Summer is peak season for amusement parks. Where was America's first roller coaster built? Was it Cleveland, Detroit, New York, or Seattle? Hmm. This is something I feel like I should know, but I don't. I'm, I'm going to say New York. I'm going to say it's the Comet in Coney Island in New York, but that's probably not yeah, right. That's what I was thinking, but I don't You're know. You're going to say Cleveland? Yep. I think Cleveland's a pretty good answer. I think Detroit would be a pretty good answer, too. I don't. Seattle doesn't feel right to me at all. It doesn't. Um, the answer is New York. Okay. The first roller coaster opened up on Coney Island in Brooklyn in 1884. Oh. 1884. I don't know if it was the Comet, though. The Comet is still there, but I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. Number three, when the weather warms up, it's time to have a cookout. How many hot dogs do Americans eat each year? <laughs> Is it 2 million, 20 million, 2 billion, or 20 billion? Oh, gosh. 2 billion. I'm going to say 20 million. That's, on, that's per person, right? Oh, on yeah. average. So how many Americans? They're like... The average American eats 2 like billion hot dogs every Americans. year. Are there that many? I thought there were like 300 million. 300 million? About? Something like that, There's right? a number of them. So how many, wait, There's what hundreds are of millions of Americans. Yes. Is it 2 million, 
20 million, Wait, 2 I billion. Guess this would be more like how much they buy billion. than how much they eat. How much uh, they eat uh, each year? Per, per year or per summer? 2 billion. Or, oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm going to say 2 billion. I think it's either 2 billion or 20 million. 2 billion is 20 tempting. million is not even one hot dog per. <laughs> right? Right? There are. Now, to be fair, there are Americans who don't eat hot That's dogs. That's true, but then... And there are Americans who eat many. Yes. But there are Americans who eat lots of hot dogs. Maybe maybe what's ruining it for me is I just read about like the upcoming hot dog eating contest. I guess I'm also going to say $2 billion. And so I think the about answer people eating lots. is shocking. You will be shocked is when it? you hear. It is $20 billion. <laughs> 20 oh, That is shocking. Billion. $20 billion just in the United States. Yes, according to Does estimates include- from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, not oh, that they're wait. biased. Wait, wait, sales, hot dogs and sausages. So Americans this is including brats. Consume as many as twenty billion hot dogs per year. That number factors in retail sales, nine billion, as well as hot dogs eating at sporting events, local picnics, and carnivals. And when we Ooh. go to see the Boston Red Sox, I want to eat a hot dog. I do in too. Fenway Park, and I want to get some peanuts. Yes. Number four, fireworks have been a part of every July 4th celebration since the U.S. W- since the first in 1777. Which country is considered to be the birthplace of fireworks? Is it Italy, Japan, China, or Greece? This one seems fairly easy to me, but I'll let you all like answer. It. Henry, are you Googling it? <laughs> That's uh, 67 hot dogs per person. That oh. is a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. I feel like I'm not year. carrying my weight here. I thought I Which ate a lot of weight. hot dogs, but I don't think I eat 67 a year. And you know, a lot of kids are like too little for hot dogs too. That's like more than one a that's week. Like that's like one dogs. eight per day. That's crazy amounts of hot dogs. Although yeah, I kind of want a hot dog now. Yes, I, I do too. <laughs> All that's right. one per week. Where were fireworks invented? Italy, Japan, China, or Greece? China. I think China. I also think I China. I heard China. That seems easy. Uh, most historians credit China with the invention of fireworks around However. 800 AD. But it was in the 1830s that Italian inventors added trace amounts of metals to the mix to create the colorful displays that dazzle us now. But the correct answer is China. Apparently okay. Italy refined Well, that's it. where gunpowder is from, so I think so. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it just makes sense. I and mean, China. Yeah. Everything else. They invented right. everything. Number five. Paper. Summer is also the state fair season. Not in Texas. No. It's anyway. too hot. Which state fair is the largest in the U.S. Is it the Minnesota State Fair, the Wisconsin State Fair, Iowa State Fair, or the State Fair of Texas? The te- State I Fair of Texas? Texas. It better be the State Fair of Texas. Other, does, are there people summer. in Wisconsin? It better be the State Fair there of are Texas. People in Wisconsin. Like, Everything's my, bigger in Texas. My state pride is invested in it being considering the State Fair the, of Although, Texas. considering they said that summer's like State Fair I season. Know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's oh, Texas. It's I think totally Texas. Texas. It can't be I, Iowa. I mean, I'm sure they have Iowa? a, a it's good not state Iowa. fair. I know it's not Wisconsin. Minnesota, uh, maybe, but no, it's probably Texas. We all think Texas? I mean, there are yeah. large cities in all of those places, but yeah. The answer is the State Fair of Texas. In yes. Yeah, Texas. 2021, we were there. The yes. State Fair of Texas welcomed 2.2 million visitors through its gates. I think about a million of them were there when we were there. It was so oh crowded. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. So crowded. Yes. And that's not including all the animals. It was so crowded. Number six, watermelon is a popular summertime treat. About what percentage of watermelon is water? <laughs> is it 90%, 80%, 75%, or 50%? 90. It's got to be 90. I think 90. 
And the answer is 90. The average watermelon is about 92% water. That we only makes some sense. some in our fridge right now in a baggie that it's was so all chopped good. up. And like, you chopped it up yesterday, I think. Or no, maybe day before. Anyway. But like, if you pick up the bag, it's like, it just sloshes. Like, all of it is just kind of yeah. sifting yeah. out like... It's so refreshing on a summer day. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I want watermelon and hot dogs. Yeah. Summer is a, this is number seven. Summer is a great time to hit the beach. Which state is known as the ocean state? Is it Florida, California, New Jersey, or Rhode Island? Ocean state. The ocean it's state. Jersey, right? No, Jersey's the garden state. I thought Rhode Island was. Okay, then it's Rhode Island. California. California's California? the sunshine state. No, Florida is the sunshine Florida's state. Florida's sunshine? Yeah, yeah. What is California? I thought California was the sunshine it's state. It's not the ocean state. I want to say, right. I'm going to guess California. I'm going to guess Rhode Island. Rhode Island. I'm going to guess Rhode Island. I'm going to guess California. Wait, wait, wait. What are the options again? The answer. What are the options again? Florida, California, New Jersey, or Rhode Island. I'm going to say Rhode Island. The answer is Rhode Island. Okay. The ocean stays the official nickname of Rhode Island, not an island. Very confusing. Um, while Rhode Island is the smallest state in the Union, it boasts some 400 miles of shoreline. California, eight. you guys. What is California? The Golden State. Oh, yeah. We knew that. Oh, well, yeah. We knew state that. Bridge. I kept seeing the little bear on the flag, and I was like, it's not the bear state. No, it's the Golden State. Yeah, that makes sense. Number eight, drive-in movies were a popular summer pastime in the 50s and 60s. When did the first drive-in movie theater open in the U.S.? Was it the 1900s, the 1920s, the 1930s, or the 1950s? 30s. I was going to say 40s, but... I'm going to say 30s because that feels like when movies sort of really took off. I'm going to say the 20s. I'm going to go earlier. The answer is the 1930s. Okay. The Camden Drive-In in Camden, New Jersey opened in June of 1933. The price of admission was 25 cents for the car and 25 cents per person. Huh. And? Yeah, it's so kind they of charged expensive, for the actually. car and person. That is expensive yeah. for back then? For back then. Yeah. Because I think it cost a quarter to go to the movies. You know, at least that's the story you always hear from grandparents is that you're, right. But our grandparents your parents didn't gave live in you the twenties. So you go to the movies. But our grandparents didn't live in the twenties. Our grandparents lived in like the thirties, forties. You know, when yeah. they were younger. I feel like that's. I feel like that's kind of expensive. I'll take it up with the Camden Drive-In. It was during the Depression too. Yeah. Number nine. Which of the following is not celebrated during the summer? Is it National Barbecue Month, National Blueberry Month, National Ice Cream Month, or National Watermelon Month? Sorry, repeat that. Is it National Barbecue Month, National Blueberry Month, National Ice Cream Month, or National Watermelon Month? Which, which is not in the summer? Yes. I think it's barbecue. I'm going to say barbecue. I think that might be in the fall. I'll say is blueberry. it in October? The answer is National Barbecue Month. Oh, well, I knew it all along, so yeah. I'm right. <laughs> May is National Barbecue. Well, is May, May not a summer month? No, it's it not. It should be a, a summer month. month. Oh, yeah, I guess spring. I mean, summer officially starts June, in July, June, and August. That's summer. All right. Yeah, but guess. May sure feels May like summer. May is National Barbecue Month. July is National Blueberry Month, National Ice Cream Month, and National Watermelon Month. 
July, July is. is doing a lot of well, work. Well, now here. I want hot dogs, watermelon, and ice cream. With blueberries on them? Yes. Okay. Number 10. They have a lot of blueberries in Maine, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to eat some blueberry stuff in Maine. Number 10. Which holiday is considered the unofficial end of summer in the U.S.? Oh, this I know this. This is an easy one. Is it Flag Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, or Veterans Day? Memorial Day. Why are you guys, why are you guys making me answer first? <laughs> because I already know it. I know this one. I already know it. And now I'm, now I'm making you guys Memorial Day. It's Labor Day. Now Memorial Day is in May. Yourselves. Memorial Day well, is, Labor Day is, is in September. Yeah, always yeah, the last weekend of May. Yeah. Of May. The end of the yeah. summer. The, the end. end of summer. What yeah. marks the official end of summer? Yeah, May. The summer month. Oh, gosh. The end of summer. Now it's Labor Day. It is it's Labor, Labor Day. Day. I got them confused. Labor Day. I know. It's easy to confuse those because mm-hmm. they seem similar. It's just they yeah, bookend I, well, summer. Well, actually, no. I didn't get that confused. I got your question confused. I thought you were saying the beginning of the summer for some reason. Mm-hmm. Labor Day is a day to honor and recognize Ameri- the American labor mu- movement. And although it's not actually the last day of summer, it's often called the unofficial end as it marks the end of the cultural summer season. And the end of this quiz, I got eight out of ten. They say hot dog. You really know your summertime traditions. I don't know what y'all got. I didn't keep track. More than you, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe you did. No, I don't think I did. I think probably got about the same. But that is I our summertime know. quiz. There's only one last thing to do on the podcast, and that is three words for you: treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. And in honor of National Ice Cream Day, we've got some ice cream flavors to try. I will go get them now. What day is National Ice Cream Day? What day? What month? Sorry, no, what, sorry. What day? National Ice Cream Month is in July. I don't know when the day is, but the month is apparently in July. National Ice Cream Day is Sunday, July 17th. <clears throat> Van Llewellyn Ice Cream is added again. Remember we tried the Kraft macaroni and cheese and pizza flavors? This time, there is Grey Poupon Ice Cream. Nice. And we also have some summer peach crisp and some mm. campfire s'more. Can't, I always want to say s'more. I don't know why. It's just a s'more. Campfire s'more. Campfire s'more. That's fun to say campfire though. S'more. S'more. Summer peach yeah. crisp. But the star of the show, obviously, is Grey Poupon ice cream. Grey Poupon, if you're the age of me and your mom, was known because it was launched with a very famous TV commercial. <laughs> and the TV commercial featured like two luxury cars and one pulls up to another one at the stoplight and the windows roll down and the, the rich guy in the one luxury car turns to the rich guy in the next luxury car and he says, pardon me, would you happen to have any gray poupon? And the rich guy in the other says, but of course. And hands him grape upon. What is it? It's Dijon mustard. Oh, and it was jar. launched. Oh no! And it was supposed oh, to be no, like wait. it was supposed to be like high end luxury, <laughs> fancy, product. fancy mustard. I kind of want to find this on YouTube. I always found it really funny the thought that like these super fancy limousines would be like driving around the city, and people in them would just be like eating a jar of mustard. Yes. Eating it uh, or drinking course. it? It'd be that drinking. Kind of the joke. Or inhaling. Pardon me, but would you have any gray poupon? Oh, they're going to make me go through a 30 second commercial to watch a commercial for gray poupon. Rude. So Love rude. ads. Uh, apparently, people are getting triple ads, and I still haven't gotten any. 
I've Why yet we have to... to watch a commercial to watch a commercial. Mm-hmm. They should just talk to the gray poop. There are 30 second this. ads on one second videos. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. <sighs> Another ad. Sorry. Here it is. The Rolls Royce pulls up. He's eating. Oh, this is a different one. This is not the one I was thinking of. He's just eating, like, his meal in the back of the Rolls Royce. Would you have any gray poupon? But of course. Oh, maybe it is the commercial. It's not how I remember it. Gray poupon. Oh, he didn't one give of him any. Finer pleasures. What? He didn't, he didn't hand give it him over? any. This he is an outrage. Love how we're rewatching it to make sure. Pardon me. Would you oh. have any gray poupon? But of course. Oh, here's the one uh, I remember. Then he hands it to him. Uh, pull forward, please. Oh, dear. Reverse. Apparently, it was a whole series of commercials. Oh, they can't reach up. So they're trying to move the car. Reverse. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. I think the original one, he just hands it to him, but there yes. must have been other ones. Like this one, where they keep trying to I reach it. Remember. Oh, no, they dropped it. No. The bottle. <laughs> this is really funny, actually. They're actually pretty good commercials. One of life's finer pleasures. Very funny. There's one more. All right, he pulls up. Pardon me. Would you have any gray poupon? You mean the mustard? Yes. Would you have any? Would I? Or do I? <laughs> Both, actually. What? 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 You know, I'm asking you. But I was asking you. Is this about the mustard again? Yes. Would you have some? Oh, since you're offering, yes, thank you, I would. That's a great commercial. They, they yes. hold up better than I thought they would. They're very anyway, funny. Anyway, so we have Grey Poupon ice cream, Dijon mustard ice cream. Which one? I think we should save that one for last. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I it doesn't like, ruin the other ones. Yeah. Let's try the peach, the summer peach crisp. I think this is going to be pretty good. I will say Van Llewellyn ice cream is pretty good ice cream. Is it Van Llewellyn or Van Leuven? That looks like L E. Van It looks like L E E U W E R. I guess that would be W E N. Leuven. Van Leuven. Lure? Van Leuven. That's Lewin. It just cuts Van off on the Lewin. top. On the side, it says that's an N. That's Let's say it's Van Lewin. Okay, but if it's a Dutch name, I think it would be Van Leuven because you would pronounce that W with a V. I anyway. don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, apparently. All right. Well, I don't either. So it looks good, though. What do we think of the summer peach crisp flavor? It's pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. It's delicious. Yum, I think yum, it's yum, delicious. Yum, yum. Not the best ice cream flavor we've ever had, but it's so, still pretty good. I enjoy it. It's delicious. good. That's my I, thoughts. The first two bites that I took didn't have any peach in it. <laughs> There's like a swirl of peach in it. It's like yeah, a peach once, I, once I hit the peach, really once I hit the peach, it was way better. So I was initially going to give it a meh, and then I hit the peach and I thought it was delicious. So I don't know if I just didn't get very much peach in my little scoop. So we had like a little mini scoop. It's got like a cakey type stuff in it. I mm-hmm. guess that's the cre- crisp. Which I like when it's with the peach, but otherwise, it, I don't know. 
I think it's the peach part's really good. All right, let's try the next. Let's try the next flavor. This is um, campfire s'mores. Sounds good to me. I would be surprised if this one's not delicious. Maybe it's just okay. Pretty standard flavor of chocolate and graham cracker and marshmallows. Campfire s'more. Pretty good. That might be like my favorite flavor that I've had from this ice cream brand. Since we've had like we've had this kind of ice cream on the podcast before. It has a the the chocolate and the graham cracker flavor is really good, but it also has like chunks of marshmallow, I think. Henry, when you delicious. say pretty good, do you mean delicious? I mean delicious, very delicious. Yum, 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 yum. Delicioso. I agree it's delicious. Allison has a look on her face that indicates something. I'm not sure what. That was the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> that was she so likes good. It. And I don't usually yeah. like marshmallow. You have not yet tried the Grey Poupon ice cream. Hmm. Oh, this could be the greatest thing ever. Ice cream. One second, I'm gonna. It is Grey Poupon yeah. with salted pretzels. Mm-hmm. So it is the flavor of Dijon mustard with pretzels. I'm afraid this is going to ruin my day. Honestly. When I first encountered this, it was on TikTok, and it was to the sound of that quote from, I believe, it was the sequel to Spy Kids, where Steve Buscemi's character says. Do you think God is hiding in his heaven because he's afraid of what he's created? Oh, it's, um, do you think God stays in heaven I because he too lives in fear of what he's created? That's the one. I yeah. think he did not create this, though. <laughs> this is not. But this, it was a this is a work of Satan. Time. I agree. Yes. It, it looks really... It's got yellow streaks in it. Oh. I'm looking forward to it personally. Why, why can't I they fear, be a normal ice cream brand? I fear and dread. Well, these are just limited... Limited edition. And to be honest, it's what got me to buy their ice cream for our podcast. So, so I guess they it's made, working. They made ice cream pretentious. How do you make I ice think cream you have pretentious? To eat more than that. Well, you, know. you need more than that or you won't know for sure. Here, Greg. You have to. Yeah, you have to. You must. Uh, well, Will has exited the, Will has exited the podcast to, and thereby exited sure. the family. Greg. So, Greg. Hmm? I'm afraid I won't know for sure if I don't have a little more than that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Sure? I want to be fair. I want to be completely fair. All, All right. right. Let's do this. Strangely, my complaint with this is not with the mustard. It's with the pretzels. They're not crunchy enough. But They're mushy. I think it's yeah. kind of good. Yeah, honestly, like it's not that bad. And Will has not tried it and he cannot say anything. I have tried it. Um, when? When did you try it? So I'm pretty sure at some point we had like like an older pint of that. Um, and I may or may not have tried some. I didn't know what Poupon was at the time. Poupon. Yeah, I guess I didn't read the it's fine print. Poupon. Like, it might have some mustard somewhere on there. I remember trying it and being like, this, this tastes like mustard. This is terrible. Yeah, I, I don't like this. It's, it's gross and disgusting and an abomination. I kind of like it. I will say it's okay. Same. It's not delicious like the other flavors were, but it's not that bad. I think it's delicious. That was not the best thing I've ever eaten. (laughs) Um, I agree. The the pretzels weren't crisp at all. They were kind of like not exactly mushy, but kind of. I don't know, chewy. They were kind of, yeah, like chewy. I wasn't expecting pretzels because I forgot that there were supposed to be pretzels in it. So I was just like, oh, that's nice. They were chewy and they weren't like salty. I think if they were crunchy and salty, you would have gotten more of that salted pretzel thing. The thing about the mustard, 
It actually wasn't that bad flavor-wise. It does not taste like grape poupon, though. It tastes like regular mustard. That's true. It tastes like yellow mustard. And I think it's and in it swirls. So you get some some bites, you get more of it than others. But even when I got like a big bite of it, it wasn't that bad. It does. It doesn't taste like Dijon mustard. So. I would say so. I want to give it an okay just because it was so much less gross than I feared. But also, really, it was kind of meh. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Got it was actually. Man. Will, are you going to call it gross? It was, oh, yeah, it was inoffensive. Wait, did you get every rating? It was inoffensive. No, 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 no delicious. delicious. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. Like, they, they have a decent quality of ice cream, but honestly, getting like a good quality of ice cream isn't that hard. But it's strange. Uh, Here's the thing, yeah. though. I but think if you bad. didn't know think, what it was, then I don't think you can fairly judge it. I, I think like I probably rated it higher than I might have just because... Your expectations for mustard ice cream come in so low. Yeah, because you think disgusting, that and it, it's yeah, not. They are. It's better than your no, expectation. It's not disgusting. Well, that is Treat Yourself, and that is our podcast. Thank you, Henry and Allison, for being on the podcast today. Thank you, William, for joining us for Treat Yourself. Thank You're you. welcome. And thank you especially to anyone who's listening. If you are listening, let us know. You can email us at talkdadpodcast um, at gmail.com. You can also find us at Talk Dad Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at ttdpodcast.com. If you want to help us out, there's two things you can do. One, you can tell a friend about our podcast. The other thing you can do is leave us a good review wherever you found us. That might help other people be able to find the podcast as well. This has been a lot of fun, and we will see you later. There's time for-